0: Outliers in Education is brought to you by CEE, the Center for Educational Effectiveness. Better data, better decisions, better schools. To find out more, visit effectiveness.org.
1: We talk a lot about elevating student voice on this show, but what is the real impact of listening more closely to our students? Well, why not ask the students themselves? Listen carefully because that's exactly what we're going to be doing today on Outliers in Education. I
0: think we really need to change how we look at what we do in schools. Everything that we do as educators, it just comes back to people. I love it even when it's hard, especially
1: when it's hard.
2: Ultimately, I mean, this is about what's best for kids.
1: Well, Welcome to another episode of Outliers in Education. Today, we're going to be talking about student voice and elevating student voice. And Bowles, I don't know about you, but really when I heard about student voice when I was first getting into leadership, I was like, yeah, I got a student council. I got a student member on those teams. Um, Is that kind of what you're thinking about student voices? I'm not sure my thinking was that it evolved in general,
3: EP. So come a long way since I started. I know I look incredibly youthful to those podcast listeners who can't see me. So we're making some good audio right now. But uh, (laughs) bottom line, I was a principal last century. We were moving pell-mell into the No Child Left Behind era. And it was all about how do we get those math and reading scores up so thinking about what we do to people in administrative roles versus how we work with people has been a real evolution in my uh, career experience.
1: So let's get back to that student voice. So what is it and why is elevating it important?
3: Well, again, I think it comes down to that notion of doing things to people and doing things with people. So uh, as adults in systems for a long time, we've thought about and acted on all the things we think we need to do for students and for children as opposed to you know, looking at how do we work with people shoulder to shoulder side by side. And that doesn't just include students, by the way. We need to be listening to our community voices, our parent uh, and family voices, our student voices and our staff voices. All each Each voice is critical if we're going to create a
1: catalytic environment to make great change. And today's guest is going to get us right into that neighborhood. We've got with us Randy Russell and a couple of awesome students. Randy is a celebrated speaker, author, coach, and an educator for 30 years. He runs the Next Level Leadership Series, among other things, through his company, RLR Leadership Consulting. He's the author of three ships, Relationships, Leadership, and Partnerships. Currently superintendent of the Freeman School District near near Spokane, Washington. And Randy, who do you have with you there?
2: Yeah, thanks, EP. Well, we're honored to have two amazing Freeman High School students. We have Malia and Lane, who are both just very well respected, very well thought of, uh, highly involved uh, students at Freeman High School. And when I say respected and well thought of, uh, EP, I'm talking by students, by staff, by community members here in Freeman.
1: Well, welcome to the show. Glad to have all three of you, really. That's fantastic. This is a first for us here in Outliers. Uh, Bolsey, I know you've had a little bit of history here in some conversations. You want to pick it up from there?
3: Well, yeah, I'll kick it over to uh, Randy, just give a little bit of background. So in addition to being a world-famous podcaster, I actually work for a living. And uh, part of what I do is help school districts with their strategic planning processes. And we're grateful enough to have a partnership at the Center for Educational Effectiveness with Freeman School District. Uh, and I was up doing, among other things, a handful of student focus groups this last October where, we, and from my perspective, we really had some magic happen with high school students. And I'll turn it over to Randy to expand on that a little bit.
2: Yeah, thanks, Bolsey. Well, we all know the importance of student voice and that student voice continues to be more important each and every day. And Freeman is very fortunate to partner with CEE uh, not just with our strategic plan, but with a lot of work. And Eric is trusted. He's trusted by our staff here. He's gotten to know our community and our school board. He conducted two student focus groups. One was at the grades four through eight with about 25 students. And then he had another focus group with our Freeman High School students, grades nine through 12, had about 20 students there. These students were handpicked by our principal, Jeff Smith, to represent the demographics of Freeman High School. And Lane and Malia were two of the students that were on the student focus group with Bolsey. And we were so impressed, Eric and I were. We both said it's one of the highlights of our careers was to hear and learn and dive into the student voice of the Freeman High School students. And so we're really fortunate to have Malia and Lane because Eric and I were just so impressed with what they said how they said it and that they wanted to take it another step. So we thought they'd be the perfect presenters and guests for the podcast.
3: You know, what I'm interested in is, you know, I, I do a lot of focus groups all over the place and, and this was scheduled for 30 minutes. We were about 28 minutes in and, and frankly, the first 28 minutes of that focus group were pretty run of the mill focus group. I was doing my thing, nodding, taking notes, uh, acting attentively. And then something really in the room atmosphere just sort of turned on a dime and, uh, I actually probably should have been fired that day because I let the students go 37 more minutes. So we were 35 minutes uh, late before we were able to wrap the focus groups up. But um, what I elected to do, this is a long way to get to uh, Lane and Malia, but what I elected to do was I didn't want to look just like some 50-ish kind of overweight guy coming up for the day from the Tri-Cities, cutting them, cutting them off at 30 minutes just when they got to the good stuff. Um, I felt like, wow, we really have to honor what's going on here. Uh, and I was frankly just racking my brain for a place to stop. And I think we really did get to a, get to a great place, draw some great conclusions, but, um, really like to hear from you, Lane and Malia. What happened in your experience? And, and did it move you as much as it moved
4: me? Yeah, I think it, I think it was really good. Um, It was cool to see some students, you know, get out and talk. And it was a really good group of students that were all able to work together. Maybe students that didn't know each other as well. And they all kind of came together. We were able to agree on some things, disagree on others and come together and just really have a good conversation and make some good conclusions.
5: Yeah. And I think like I get to see some of these people and I talk to some of these people, but I don't get to like talk to everyone. And I got to see like some people I don't really see talk as much, get to speak out. And get to know their point of view and see what they think and what they say about some things. So I thought it was really good that some people that don't always get the opportunity to kind of say what they want to say, get to say something and speak out. Why do you think it
3: happened? If I, I mean, I think back to my high school days, I would have blown that off. I wouldn't have said much of anything at all, even if I had an opinion. Why, why did, why did people share so freely and so respectfully?
5: I think some people just uh, want to share so freely is because When they get like in a smaller group and when they're not around their friends, I think they don't get as nervous and they want to voice their opinion and without other people like judging them. Because I don't think anyone was really judging anyone there. I think everyone got to say what they wanted to say and just kind of get it out there and put their ideas out there because sometimes they're not always heard.
4: And I think that's one of the best things about Freeman High School is like we all felt comfortable with each other in that room or most of us did and we were able to freely share what we wanted to say and get a message across that maybe we wouldn't necessarily get across in a smaller group or groups of other people. And um, it was good for everyone to hear and be a part of.
1: Lane, maybe before we get into what was shared... So why why is it that you felt like that? We've got a lot of listeners that we've, you know, have schools that they don't really get to that place. So what were the things that kind of made you feel like, yeah, I can share here? What what were what was your experience?
4: I would say personally I I have a lot of friends at the high school and I am able to work with other people and you know it's good. It was also good for me um as a student council officer to be able to hear other people's voices and kind of respond back off of that. And I feel like that's one of the biggest things is just when everybody can come together and voice their opinion freely because everybody knows each other well in our tight Freeman community.
5: Yeah, I think that's one thing is when people, because we've been with each other for so long, like some of these people I've been with before I even went here, I ran sports with them at track Mm -hmm. and so getting to know these people even inside and outside of school is just you kind of know them like inside and out you know like the things that they've been through and the things that they do and so it's just getting together as like a group and saying things and coming together I think it's just really easy and it's very flowing with everyone to be able to speak out and listen to each other
4: And I I think another thing with that, too, is obviously we had students 9 through 12, and a lot of the students in that group have been here since kindergarten preschool. So even if they're not in the same grade, we all know each other, know of each other, at least.
2: I think one thing to add just about how incredible these two students are was that what happened even after the student focus group, Lane wanted to have the raw data on the conversation, and I actually sent that to him. He thought that that was that important to have that information and be able to take a next step with that with ASB around working with students. And I think for Malia, she has stepped up as a leader in her own way around things like social justice, right? And talking about how every student has a place in Freeman and how we treat each other with respect. So as powerful as the student focus groups were, I'm equally as proud of both of the students here who then decided I'm taking this another step forward. And and we're going to do something with this conversation so that it can impact every kid in Freeman.
3: What is what has happened from uh, your perspective, Lane and Malia? You know, came together, had a conversation, got some good data out of it.
4: You've looked at it. Have you noticed an impact? I wouldn't say I wouldn't say necessarily we've noticed an impact yet. What I have noticed is that people have talked more. There's been more conversations about certain topics that maybe wouldn't have been talked about before. We've been pretty busy. We do, a lot of, we do a lot of events and stuff at the high school. So getting people to talk more about stuff that maybe we don't talk about as much is good. And I think that's probably one of the biggest things that I've seen from that is it allowed a more open space and more people to kind of conversate about new things.
5: Yeah. And with that, I think I remember like groups going on during lunch about like topics you could go and talk about. And I think with students, you like they got to go and talk about things that they wanted to or bring up things. And especially in leadership, I think this last week we were putting notes up on everyone's locker and not everyone needs them. But it's for those kids that, you know, do need them and they want that little pickup throughout the day. And so I know some kids will make those jokes about it, but some of the kids that actually want those and need them, I think, put a smile on their face and it made them feel good.
4: I think some piggybacking off of that. It was a good open space. And I feel like that actually the conversation that we had was a real eye-opener for me. And it was a real eye-opener for other students in the focus group. And that kind of allowed more conversations to flow in those groups and even outside of those groups. Tell us more about that, Lane. What was eye-opening for you? Just new voices, new topics, new conversations, people coming together, people Openly voicing their opinion. It was just awesome to see, awesome to hear, and got some really good feedback and gave us new ideas. You know, it was just, it's, it's one thing when you have a couple students coming together with ideas, but when you have students that don't, uh, like, talk as much to also put in ideas and um, those to be seen as well.
5: I think some of the topics that we, that don't normally get brought up is, like, what do we like about Freeman or, like, what mm-hmm. we do? And what like we don't like and some of the things that we wish could change. And some towards the end of like the conversation, we started getting, I think, to people would say like uncomfortable or like things that don't really get brought up as much. Like racism was brought up a lot and we talked about it. And I thought it was probably a good thing to talk about because people don't normally like to talk about it. They think it's uncomfortable, but I think it needs to be talked about and brought up because... It shouldn't have to be. So I'm going to push just a little bit, Malia, on that. So why is it that we don't want to
1: talk about some of those topics like racism? What What is it that keeps us from entering into that dialogue?
5: Especially at Freeman, I think for me, it's not very diverse. Like there's, I'm one of two of like black kids at the high school that I know of. And so I think it's just, it's hard. I don't think it's really hard to navigate for me, but I know for my brother, it was hard, especially at the middle school for him. But I think- Me, I'm just very outgoing person, and I just get to know everyone. And I'm just, I don't know, I'm just really nice. And so I get, to, I try to just like I reach out to everyone. And being in leadership, you just kind of get to, you get to know everybody, and you talk to everybody in different groups and like different events that we do. You just get to know and reach out to everyone. Even like, I know someone like the middle schoolers, the freshmen, like, is you just get to know everyone. So I think it's awkward for other people to talk about it just because they don't see it or they don't like walk in other people's shoes and how they see it. Because I would say pretty much everyone's like, they're in their own, they're in their own groups. And like, it's hard because it's not very diverse, I think, but I would just say it's just, some people just don't want to talk about it because it's like, it's not relevant to them.
3: And, and Randy would love to hear from you, uh, you know, from your perspective, what's, what's happened uh, both dialogue or action-wise in in Freeman School District since that uh, October uh, uh, student voice session?
2: Yeah, well, I was just gonna say that I, I think there's a lot of credit that needs to go to our students and to Eric as the facilitator because students were allowed an opportunity to lean into the uncomfortable. And there were some conversations that took place that I'm honestly very proud of as a superintendent that our students were comfortable enough to talk about some very uncomfortable topics. And what that's created, Eric, is an opportunity for us to lean further in to uncomfortable conversation and discussions for some. And when you have great student leaders like Malia and Lane, who again are very well respected by their classmates, they can lead these kind of conversations. They can have these forums. They can help us share their insights So we can work on professional development or different strategies with staff or even policy at the school level, right, that can better support kids. And ultimately, I mean, this is about what's best for kids. And and the reason that the adults are here in Freeman is to serve Malia and Tulane and the other students that are here. It's not the other way around. And so I think the power of them sharing their voice and their insights, it's helping us move our agenda and moving the needle as a district about leaning into the uncomfortable conversations, which have to take place if you're gonna have every single student feel included, welcomed, and belonging to something bigger, which is being a part of Freeman.
1: Randy, thank you. We're gonna take a short break, but we'll be right back to lean even further into this discussion around what actually happens when you truly elevate student voice. That's coming up next, right here on Outliers in Education.
0: School districts across the country are turning their focus to social emotional learning like never before. But who has the time? Now you do, thanks to the Whole Educator Series, an online SEL training that you take at your own pace. Six modules packed with proven strategies that will make a difference right away. The training was awesome. The content was amazing. This
5: workshop is going to make you a better educator.
0: Taught by SEL expert Dr. Greg Benner, the Whole Educator Series delivers strategies to ease the stress on you while bringing out the best in your students. These strategies, they work. You'll be amazed at the results not only with the youth you serve, but also in your own life. He's telling us strategies that we can implement tomorrow. Absolutely a home run. Professional development at the speed of life. Check out the whole Educator Series online SEL training, available now from CEE at effectiveness.org slash workshops. That's effectiveness.org
1: slash workshops. <laughs> We're back. Today we're talking with Randy Russell, superintendent of the Freeman School District, and two of his students from Freeman High School, Lane Matthews and Malia Sanborn. So in education, we really are are like, hey, we got to get these scores up. Let's get, you know, some reading and math. And now I hear this piece about, oh, well, we want to listen to student voice. So playing the devil's advocate. And Randy, I hear what you're saying, those pieces. But but now my question is: so why is that important? How does that move us as a school?
4: Well, I think um, one thing that really shows is it shows who the leaders are. When you are able to have those tougher conversations, like leaders are able to have tough conversations, student voice plays a big role in stuff that goes on, changes that need to be made. Um, it plays a big role in maybe some events that are going to happen or assemblies that we're going to have. It's a big part of making a successful school and there's personally i believe there's more to school than just education i mean obviously right it's school is supposed to be fun when you're able to have student voice it makes school fun it makes it it makes the education effective and it makes it easier to learn and it really is able to get everyone the opportunity to have the high school experience that they want to have for the most part
5: yeah and with i think with education like With teachers, I think they're always willing to help out. And there's always a teacher in the high school or anyone in this district that you could always go and talk to. And I think those teachers or administrators always can lead you in the right direction and where to go or like what to do. And so I think just going in and talking about it, especially with whoever you would like, I think they always want to put you in the right direction. I don't think that they would ever say anything like, oh, that's, I don't think that's relevant or anything like that. I think they would always think all of our staff is very involved and they want to better everyone. They want to benefit every, like yourself and like put in the effort too. Yeah,
2: And I would say to add, to add to these two great answers, we know that leadership is not a position, right? Leadership is about influence. And when you look at Lane and Malia's leadership, what you're really talking about is a conversation How every student in Freeman feels welcomed, safe, and a part of the culture. And when students do that, then their ownership level goes through the roof. And then the end result is students perform better, whether it's on a English essay or a band concert or, you know, an FFA event. And I just, again, want to give kudos to Malia and Lane because their leadership is making impact, which in the end is ultimately going to help every student in Freeman achieve more success.
3: Best case scenario. What does this look like going forward a year from now?
5: So I think, I think I'm going to continue with like being in leadership because I think it's a way for me to get out and put out my voice. Cause especially like in leadership, you come on like some of these groups and like you, put on these events for all these like different things that we have going on in the high school. I think hopefully passing it down as I leave the high school in the next coming up year to like, it's don't be afraid to say something because you're afraid of like getting made fun of or something because I know some people out there with their friends, they don't want it. They're too cool or like they don't want to speak out, but I want to pass down to like, it's okay to speak out or even tell someone or even have someone go out and tell, um, someone for you because I don't think they should be f- afraid to say something because they want something done about it.
4: Well, and I think that's a good point too, is like passing it down the line, right? We have students below us. I know students. Um, I'm a sophomore. I know freshmen. I know eighth graders. I know seventh graders. Um, passing it down to them to keep good things, uh, going, you know, keep the student voices heard and really provide everyone the opportunity that they want to have. Um, and just have everybody as a school, like our staff, our Freeman High School staff is great. They're always willing to help. And so when you have that, passing it down, passing it down, you get to meet new people, you get to meet new students, and everybody kind of gets to come together and feel comfortable. And I think that's one of the biggest things.
2: Yeah. And to add to what Lane and Malia have stated, there's two pieces in my mind. One is, uh, will it continue to increase student voice? in larger arenas in the district. We currently have students involved in a big capital projects um, stadium upgrade that we're working on. And students are gonna have a lot of input into that uh, construction project for Freeman. And the other part is professional development for staff. So Eric's gathering of the student, the staff and the family data is gonna be part of our January 13th PD for staff. And we're bringing on all classified and certificated staff, and it's around belonging and inclusivity. And we're hearing from staff and families that we need to lean into that uncomfortable part of doing a better job, right, to serve all the kids here. So I see it happening in multiple threads, not just through next year, but well beyond.
1: So so I've got a question just as a practitioner, and I'd like for you all three to kind of lean into this. And Let's say that, yeah, I, I have some things that I, I've got ASB, I've got some students on some representative councils. Um, but but if I'm a, a, a leader and I'm like, I really want to make sure that student voice is heard or even as a teacher. So, Lane and Malia, from your perspective, what are those things that are really helpful to, to get student voice out for it to be genuine um, for it to be reflective about what's really happening and what are the places that we kind of miss it that uh, when this happens, you, you're not going to hear student voice.
5: I think like getting out and making it happen is going to, it's, it is hard and it's, it's hard to reach out because I know people are afraid to step forward and say something. I think it's just reaching out to those people that you know are quiet and kind of seclude themselves away from other people. I think it's always to like, Just always go up to them and reach out and just, like, say hi, introduce yourself and reach out to them and talk to them. Or, like, talk to someone that you haven't talked to in, like, a couple months or a year. And I think the parts is, like, where we kind of miss it is, like, I don't know. I say in sports a lot because I know some people, like, especially at Freeman, I think highly all of us are really into sports. Being on a sports team, I think it's hard because everyone's so focused on the game and on their sport that they don't really... Realize what they're saying to some of their teammates or what they're saying to their coaches, because sometimes it puts them down or they don't really realize it. It's just because they're in the heat of the moment and they want they want to just get it done. They want they want to win their game and just whatever, whatever they're trying to achieve, I think is just they kind of forget like they're in a school setting and like people do have emotions and people do have feelings. So I think it's kind of missed a lot in the sports area.
4: And I think our forums, that was a good place for them to voice their, to have student voice. We have, like I talked about, the staff that I know there's, I can tell you two staff members that most students would feel comfortable sharing most anything with. Um, and I think that's a good thing to have. I think that's something that where your voice is heard. And I will agree with Malia that there's topics that are undiscussed. Um, you know, there's maybe not the time or place We don't provide the time or place to discuss certain topics that a student may want to talk about. And I think that's if that's somewhere where we wanted to improve, we definitely could. There's definitely room for improvement there where you have that safe space where any student can come in and voice any undiscussed topic that they want to talk about.
1: Lane, when you talk about those two staff members, what is it that they do that maybe other staff members don't that allows you the freedom to to share those things?
4: Well, I think honestly just they're like, it's such a comfortable environment. You walk in the room, it's a comfortable environment. If you ever need anything, they're there. They're talking to you in the hall. They're reaching out to you. Um, you're not always having to go to them. And they're there for more than just the education of the students. They're there for the student life, the student voice and the education. And they really make every student feel included in ways that they want to be. And they always listen. They're always listening and they're always doing their best to help. They're always giving advice.
5: Yeah, and I think with staff, I think there is a couple of staff members that do that. And I think I always go to them and I always talk to them about it. And they just, they listen to you and they provide you with help and they talk to you about it. And I think that's one thing that I like because I like when people listen and just don't like degrade me on what I'm saying like oh it's a bad thing but I think that's helpful and I wish some of the other teachers would do that with other students because I know some other students like other teachers but like they're not as connecting with the student's life because they're not just about the education they're about like they want to get to know you on a deeper level with whatever is going on in your life and I think that's what I like about some of the teachers at Freeman so I could always go to them and talk about things.
1: And so I'm hearing, from, I'm hearing from both of you, Milia, that these staff members listen to you.
4: Yeah. And, and I'll say there's more than just two. I know there's more than just two. There's two that I will go to for anything, but I know, um, that there's staff that any, like, maybe that someone, it's a different topic or something else that somebody wants to talk about that they can go to. And I know that there's a lot of, comfortable feeling within our staff. It's maybe not all the staff, but it's definitely most of the staff. And I feel like it could be all the staff. It just depends on who you connect with and who you want to connect with and what staff members reach out to certain students. And I feel like that's the biggest thing.
1: Randy, anything you want to add? If you're going to say, hey, this is, these are things that staff members or leaders can do to uh, really create that environment, what do you see?
2: Well, I love what uh, Malia and Lane said. It's, it's about listening. And for students, it's always about fairness, right, EP? Students know they have a fairness meter that is far better than any adult. And they know when it's unfair and they know when it's fair. And it, it always comes down to the relationship, right? When adults have a great relationship with students first about who the student is, the academics come. And if, if certain staff members are only focused on the academics and not as focused on the individual student, you know, then that relationship is going to be different. So I think it's just a good reminder for us, get to know your students, get to know who they are and what makes them tick and what they're about and what interests they have, what hobbies they have, what do they like to do so that you can really get to know them as a person first. And when you get to know students as a person first, then you can get to know what they need to be a great student.
1: Awesome, you guys. I think that this is a masterclass for us as teachers and as leaders to really go, okay, I get it. And I I think that part of that is, um, I think you both articulated this well, both Lane and Malia, about it's not just about academics. It's about getting to know us as people. And so now we're at this time when Bowles gets to just dazzle us with his amazing uh, summative skills. Bowles, what do you have as a wrap up on this one?
3: Well, I don't know if I've ever been accused of dazzling anybody in my entire life, E.P., so I'm going to go ahead <laughs> and take that as uh, today's backhand a compliment. Um uh, as, as many of you know, our podcast is called Outliers in Education because of our Positive Outliers study in the state of Washington. So we've learned a lot at CEE over uh, what makes great schools work, uh, what makes great schools work over time. And two things that really, uh, I think, link to our study, uh, thinking about uh, those uh, key pieces in the study, the greater school community commits to change. And if students aren't committed to change and aren't uh, at the center of that change, owning that change, then I don't know how we do it with the greater school community. Uh, and secondly, an intentional focus on building a strong foundation of trust about, among all stakeholders. And what we really talked about today indirectly was building that strong trusting atmosphere. I've got to say that I felt like I was transported into the Breakfast Club for uh, for uh Lane and Malia. That may not be a reference you recognize because it's an 80s movie. If you haven't watched it, <laughs> you'll have to check it out and see if it uh, yeah, passes the test of time because that's a that's that's always kind of a sketchy scenario. Yeah, I, I think about movies I watched 30, 40 years ago and some of them are good, some of them aren't. Um. <laughs> The theme of listening came up over and over and over again. One of my very favorite podcast episodes on outliers in education uh, is episode 19 with Aram Christopher, who's made an entire uh, life career out of listening to students as a result of what he experienced as a journalist at Columbine High School. So really resonated with me. Uh, Ultimately, what we what we're seeing is students talking more. Uh, We're seeing them acknowledge uh, other students and interact with other students that they haven't Necessarily made a habit of interacting with. Uh, we see intentional student forums surfacing new voices, uh, new voices, and new conversations equal new ideas. As our friend Darren Pepperd says in episode twenty, we change the world one conversation at a time. And clearly, we've had a lot of uh, chain conversations uh, as a result. Brought up uncomfortable things, and in order for in order for us to make change as as collective or as individuals, we've got to confront the uncomfortableness uh, in our lives and and in other folks' lives. Opportunities for further opportunities. Um, students is the catalyst for staff development, we heard. Um, and uh, we heard a lot of that. If you listen to episode two with uh, Ron Hartley on Outliers, uh, that was a big focus at his high school was students having a lot to say and adults actually learning directly from the students. Leadership uh, equals tough conversations. Uh, I think that's something that we all have to remember. And ultimately, school should be fun. And whether you're adults or students, when we're having fun, uh, it is easier for us to learn. It's easier for us to want to learn. Heard over and over again that teachers are available for each kid in Freeman, which is maybe the strongest foundation that, that a school could possibly have. So absolutely had to call that out. You know, it's really us as adults transforming kind of our mindsets around doing things to Students and children, as opposed to doing thing with students and children, ultimately with all people. It's about it's about working shoulder to shoulder. And Randy talked about how leadership's not positional. We heard a lot about ownership. I I, I love it in the literature when they talk about equity, and equity is ownership. We each own something. Owners tend to take care of things on a different level than uh, renters or people who are just passing through. So love that concept of ownership, and uh, love what Lane and Malia said about really sowing that legacy of uh, continuing to elevate student voice, especially student to student voice, and ultimately that leading to a legacy of uh, belonging. The big theme across one of the two big themes that we're learning across this whole strategic planning process with all these focus groups and surveys and input and coding of input is belonging and inclusivity matter to everybody in Freeman. And then finally, going to go ahead and close with the idea that we do change the world one conversation at a time. And we're extremely grateful for Lane and Malia. And of course, our good friend, Randy Russell, first ever repeat podcast guests and Outliers in Education uh, for okay. what you all had to offer today.
1: Okay, so Malia, Lane, and Randy, did, did we get it right? Is there anything that you need to add there that we didn't get? I think I that's good. Yeah, yeah, I think was we got awesome.
3: it all. That was awesome. You guys, you guys are
2: all-stars.
1: See, I don't look like I'm paying attention, but... <laughs> Uh, thank you for being on the show. Like that that was fantastic. I, I hope that we get that idea that it's not just about the nuts and the bolts, it's about people. And I think that's the big thing that I think you all are saying and listen to students and uh just fantastic, really amazing. Randy, anything else that's, uh, kicking around in your head? If, if you were going to be saying, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to get into this thing about elevating student voice. Anything that you would say to me? Yep. Here's, here's what you should be doing.
2: Yeah. Well, I think for EP, for me, um, as I get into my 35th year here, each year, student voice has become a more important aspect and a more important part of my leadership and my belief about how we can serve students better. And when you have students like Malia and Lane willing to share, uh, willing to dive into the uncomfortable, willing to roll their sleeves up with leadership, it makes you proud as a leader that students are willing to do that. And honestly, it's humbling for me to see it happen in our school district. So it's going to help us continue to stay committed and grow student voice in Freeman. And I would encourage my colleagues out there as principals and superintendents and boards to engage more student voice in their decision making, their problem solving and, and their future planning.
1: Such, such great thinking. And I think it's hard to put in because it's not the way in which you have been trained, but I think we're seeing how important it is. So thank you all for being on the show. I hope that we listen to your message about listening. So thank you very much. And thank you all for listening to another episode of Outliers in Education. You can
3: find this episode and more at effectiveness.org or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Until next time, this has been another episode of Outliers in Education.
0: If you'd like to find out how to gather the data you need to help drive positive change in your school or district, take a moment to visit CEE, the Center for Educational Effectiveness, at effectiveness.org. Better data, better decisions, better schools. effectiveness.org.